Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Thanks this morning for the opportunity to be in your house once again, seeing and feeling your presence and your goodness. We thank you for your word, which has been kept pure, unspotted, unadulterated throughout many seasons, decades, centuries. We pray that this morning your word would be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, that we might have the revelation of your heart, that we might be confident and assured that your grace and mercy are following us all the days of our life so that we can dwell in the house of the Lord forever, that we could connect and be part of your plan and keep our hearts above the disrespect and the apathy and indifference and a gypsy spirit to wander about without belonging anywhere. For we have been accepted in the beloved and you have found a place for us in your family amongst many brethren with one Father and one Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless your word in the hearts of your people and allow it to prosper. Allow it to saturate our entire being, transform us and remove darkness and indifference. Allow us to grow and that we might be the light of the world, that we might testify and be able to share your heart with untold millions. We pray that your word would be the bread of life today, that we would nourish our spirit, that it would be a double-edged sword, that it would pierce our hearts and cause transformation, and that it would usher the light of your kingdom to dispel all darkness and security and fear. Uh, we welcome your word into our hearts and into our lives, into our families, into this church, that we not sin against you. Align our hearts and our thoughts with your goodness, that your glory might be revealed. We believe you're going to do great things in these last days through those who embrace obedience and faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 4 talks about, well we can start in verse 1, Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. It says that God at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. So here it is, God is always making that initiation. He's the catalyst. He's the one that introduces. If God doesn't show up to Moses in a burning bush in the desert, if God doesn't show up to David when they come and they, they anoint him and sends his prophet to appoint him as the next king, we are without a message we're without understanding. But the Bible says many times in the past, he spoke, God spoke to our fathers through the prophets. You, if you study the Bible a little bit, you'll see that God is a God of order. He's not out of order. And he doesn't speak to the fathers. He speaks to the prophets that speaks to the fathers that speak to the sons. And so God is a God of order in all things. Uh, in our day, we can't appreciate that because we have movies like Heaven is Real where uh, I was kind of upset about a movie where a five, eight-year-old kid is telling his father about heaven. 
because the Bible says that the fathers are to teach the children. The child should have not died and went to heaven and seen it and know about God, heaven being real. He should have known heaven is real because his father had instructed him. And when I was telling this to someone in our conference in Texas, they said, yeah, but that's not the worst about it. The worst is not that a father is being instructed by a child. That man is a pastor. So it is a pastor being instructed by a child. And it's not supposed to be that way. That man should have been having so many experiences with the Lord and with his walk with the Lord from the time he was a young man that now that he's a father, he would have shared these stories and these experiences with his son and his son would be at school telling all the kids that God is real because my dad told me that this happened, that this happened, that this happened. And so our life experience with God shows how the angels have kept us and how God has spoken to us and how God has ushered us into many things. So God has always spoken. Uh, I had one person ask me, Joaquin, you're always saying that God speaks to you. I don't understand that. I said, well, you don't understand that I own a horse and my horse speaks to me. When he wants out of the stable, he starts kicking the door. When my dog wants to go outside and pee, he goes over to the door, starts barking, and he's like, let me out, stupid. I need to go pee. And so everything speaks as you need to know what's going on so you can hear them speak. And God is always speaking if you have a heart. And he's already started speaking to you this morning. So you with all confidence could go to your home and to your school and say, God spoke to me. And this is what he told me. And so in that regards, God has always spoken in times past through to the fathers by the prophets. Verse 2, he says, now in these last days, say with me, in these last days. When people ask me, hey, pastor, do you think it's the last days? This is the verse I use to say, well, the Bible says we're in the last days. It doesn't matter that these words were written 2,000 years ago because for the Lord, one day is as 1,000 years. So for him, it's only been two days since Jesus died. That's why he's waiting for you to get on the team. He says, in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also we made, he made the world. Um, understand that when God is speaking throughout the Bible, and a lot of people miss it, he's speaking about a son, he's speaking about an inheritance, he's speaking about the created order of all things. And if you've been here the last couple of days, you know that God has a family. And he's inviting many people to be part of that family and Jesus appointed heir, that means the one who inherits, because he is a son, he's speaking to us about an inheritance. The man who made all things that exist is talking about sons and inheritance. And verse 3 he says, this is the brightness. This Christ is, you're not going to get a clearer understanding of what God is trying to do than what he has done in his son Jesus there's no you, you don't have to be confused about what God is doing some people some people you talk to about God and they start to well how about the dinosaurs and how about the flood and how about and they they just get lost in confusion but this is it this is the clear brightness of his glory this is what is made to be exhibited to all peoples and it says in verse 4 there 
much greater than an angel coming to tell you. Some people say, well, if I had an angel appear to me, then I would understand more. Listen, something greater than an angel has appeared. The very Son of God, Jesus Christ, and He has by, say by inheritance, obtained a more excellent name than all the angels. He is the flagship, the star of God's procession is Christ. And he says, he's obtained a more excellent name than they. What is that which he has received as a more excellent title than all the angels? The cherubim, the cherubim, the archangels. They have incredible titles and names. But here it says that Christ speaking to us in the last days, verse 5, God speaking through Christ has says, for to which of the angels has he ever said, you are my son? This is it right there. What God wants to do in the world is to have sons that will present themselves as Jesus Christ did. And God was able to tell him, you are my son. Today, I have birthed you. I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him as a father, and he shall be to me as a son. This is it. Uh, the ills and the diseases and the plagues that are upon the earth are people detached. People that don't understand the, the very heart of, of the devil's question in our lives is, are you a son of God? If you're a son of God, how can you prove you're a son of God? And being connected to Father God is, is a powerful thing. And he says like this in chapter 3, verse 6. Since he has aligned himself with the heart of God, God has begun a family. There's, there's many that will join Jesus Christ in this connection. And there's nothing sadder upon the earth than having people disconnect, having them not united, having them not participate. And so he says in Hebrews 3 verse 6, but Christ is faithful. Chapter 3. Do we have it or no? There it is. Christ as a son Faithful, participating in over his own house, and we, remember in the, in the Bible when it uses the word house, it's not talking about concrete and wood structure, it's talking about a family. So he says that he as a son was faithful in this family, and I don't know that, there's no, I don't think there's a more powerful word in the English language than if. You get to have a car if you get good grades. Oh, man. You get to go out to the movies with your friends if you pick up your room. Oh, man. You get to graduate if you finish these credits. So all of this, this little word if is a real stickler. Let's go back to Hebrews 3, 6. It says, he being faithful in that house and whose house we are we are part of the family if we hold fast to the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm to the end 
You're, you're a part of the family of God if you hold on to the end with the understanding of what God is doing. There's a lot of people are going to be unpleasantly surprised because they did not hold on and because they didn't understand that this is a family. And verse 14, it says like this even more clearly, we have come to partake of Christ if, man, I don't like that word. If we hold on the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. If. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, if. If. You cannot play with that because God's not playing. And in this regards, all I can say is we should be holding fast our confidence more and more. Greater and greater. What, what, does it, what is the expression of being a member of the household of God? The expression is not being disconnected. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. We're no longer strangers. Hey stranger. Heard that? Hey stranger, I haven't seen you for a while. We're no longer foreigners. Speaking a different language. But we're fellow citizens with all those saints and members of the household of God. We need to enter into that relationship. We don't enter into that relationship. We're, we're not going to be part of the family. We're not going to be part of the house. If we hold on, then we will. If we don't, we're in dire straits. So here it says, no longer a stranger. Tell your neighbor, quit being a stranger. See you once a year, man. That's not family. You don't see family once a year. You see family every day, several times a day. And this is what God wants us to participate, to embrace the greatest loss upon the planet Earth this very day are those who feel they don't have family. And they don't have family because they're walking in an orphan spirit. They're not counting with anybody. They're not asking anybody. They're not telling anybody. They're just doing their own thing. The highlight of an orphan's life is called selfishness. The incapacity to love, to care for someone else, to be connected. And at worst, this is seen in the family where children do not want to have anything to do with their parents. A husband that doesn't want to have anything to do with his wife. A wife that could, she's closer to her girlfriends than she'll ever be to her husband. That's not to be. That's not proper in the family of God. God has not shown us that as the example. And so, everything that can cultivate a coming to the place of an inheritance by being a son, by being a son who's faithful, consistent, to the end. To the, to the end. This is what God is inviting us to. In, he, he, he did something radical by allowing Jesus Christ to be at the forefront of this, of this reality. It's in Christ that the family now has a wide open door calling all the sons to return home. All the sons to connect to the Father. We were reading this um, on Thursday night, 
if I could find it. Because it's powerful to see how God has connected us. How did God connect us? Watch this verse and, and you're going to see Ephesians 2.18, obviously the, the verse before it. We are no longer foreigners and strangers disconnected for through him, through who? Through Jesus, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. He has connected us to the Father. One thing that we all have in common is that God is our Father. And, and so he says, he disciplines us all the same way. There's no one who has not been disciplined in the Lord. Um, yeah, I can tell you I was part of a family. We were four, uh, three boys and a girl. We all got disciplined in the same manner, with the same tone, at the same time, with the same punishments. And it was all the same house. We all know what it is to have dad as dad. And so in what God has done is the same thing. None of us is different. It's all the same father the whole time. Speaking us to the same words. Embracing us with the same love. Giving us the same provision. Now we, we, we go from here to we magnify now in a spotlight of a relationship given to us in Genesis. Chapter 13. Let's go, let's go to the beginning because we, we, we started highlighting what God wants us to know and have. And even to this day, you're either saying yes, yay, or nay. No, I'm not, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to listen. You, you prefer Lodabar where the words of God have not come. You've distanced yourself like the prodigal son. In Genesis chapter 13, Verse 1, it says, Abram went from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him to the south. There's a, a relationship that begins between these two fellows here. Obviously, we have the wife that's not included. That, that's one. Abraham relating to lot. Sojourning. That means traveling as a family. And it comes to be that as you're in that environment, we said this before, in a family environment, you flourish. In a family environment, you flower. In a family environment, you're fruitful. There's, it's impossible not to be. It's family that God has created to prosper men. So verse 2 says that very thing. Abraham was rich. In provisions of livestock, silver, and gold. Abraham, a family man. Abraham, one who is destined to align himself with the heart of the Father. I, I think that that is... Uh, yesterday we were talking uh, to a younger man. He was over at our house. And I said, if you can see the flourishing of my life is consequently equal to a history of faithfulness following God. In other words, if you listen to God, you will prosper. If you let God direct your steps, you will flourish. And people are like, well, why don't I? Why? 
Because God's trying to get you to prosperity and every time God speaks into your life, you have a better opinion. You have a better attitude. You have a better direction. You kidnap your life and take yourself into Lodabar. You're disconnected. You're disunited. You're not around the brethren. You're not faithful in the house. You cannot flourish like that. In fact, the Bible says those who rebel against God's attitude will dwell in a dry land. Let's read that because some of you guys are looking at me like you don't believe me. Psalm 68.6 says like this. God puts every single person in family. He sets the solitary in family like bringing out those that are captive to, to poverty into prosperity. But the rebellious will dwell in a dry land. No roots, no vines, no flower, no fruit. You chose that. Because God has opened his arms to you to be part of his family. To hang out with people that love God, that want God, that live for God, that serve God, that love family. So going back to Genesis 13, it says Abraham was very prosperous, very rich in provision, silver and gold. And the Bible says that he continued to place, this is verse 3, and he went on his journey from the south as far as the Bethel to the house of God. That's what Bethel means. He became extremely rich where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai to the, pla to, uh, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. What was, what was the connection to his prosperity? His relationship with God. What was his connection to fruitfulness and answered prayer? Faithfulness to God. And so the altar there that was uh, placed near his tent is a, a powerful rendition of understanding the relationship he had with God. Verse, let's go to read verse 4. To the place of the altar which he had made there at first, and there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. That's the offshoot of prosperity. As a consequence, those that were around Abraham and in his family, they also prospered. And we're going to read verse 5. Lot also, who went with Abraham, had flocks, herds, and tents. He had provision. He was being fruitful. He flowered. It came to time that there was a disconnect. In verse 6, their possessions, the things that they carried, made room for problems. And it says, now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together for their possessions were great that they could not dwell together. This is, this is contrary. God has provided for us a dwelling place. A place to be able to be connected. A place to grow and to flourish. But the land was not able to support them. The concerns of the earth. And it says like this in verse 7. There was a great strife between the workers of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. There was a contention. There was strife. There was the different posturings. And it says at the end of this verse, the Canaanites and the Parasites also dwelt in the land. Why would it stick two tribes in the middle of the argument of Abraham and Lot's team? 
They can't get along. And he says, and in that land, well, the Canaanites, which you could say were tradesmen, businessmen. How many know businessmen? Businessmen are very difficult to be connected in the affairs of this world. The Bible says that it's easier for a camel to go in through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because there's conflicting interests. You cannot serve two gods. You cannot serve mammon in the kingdom of God. So in that land, the Canaanites were there. They were tradesmen. They were commercemen. If you do a little bit of research in the Bible, that what caused the devil to fall from his high place next to God, it was business affairs and interests. I'll leave that as a secret for you to, for, to figure it out. Be, it says, because of the course of your ma many tradings, you have fallen. Many of the business deals, many of the client relationship, many of the, uh, the affairs of this life choke the seed of God's word. So many times I've been invited by God saying, hey, Joaquin, you, do you want to be a great business? No, I want to be a great son. I want to be a faithful son. As this world is passing and anything that's in this world is passing also. I want my treasures to be in a place that attach my heart to the kingdom of God and not in a business deal. Jesus says, remember Lot's wife. She had her heart's husband. As they were escaping from the judgment, she looked back because her, her investments were in the land of judgment, a land of destruction. You got to be real careful in this regard. And God wants you to be more about family than about possessions. More about concerning the safe interest of the legacy of your descendants than how great your net worth or bank account is going to be. Because you're going to have no sons to share it with. Joe DiMaggio had one son. They never had a relationship. The greatest baseball player of all times had no relationship with his son. I would give all the wealth in the world to continue in relationship with my sons. To be able to enjoy what God has created. And so if you don't have that type of a heart, you're going to be easily drifted away. And so it was there that, that there was this altercation between the Canaanites and the parasites. Who are the parasites? The parasites, I don't know that I'm saying it right. It sounds like parasites, the ones that, that sit. The, the parasites there, I guess it's the same scenario. These were the village dwellers. They were more interested in the ground that they served, in the community where they attended, than pleasing God. Yeah. And there's many people like that. Well, i got to check out with the villagers, see what they say. Do we all agree? Okay, we don't agree. Well, if you're a villager and your mind is set on the things of the earth instead of the things in the heaven, you're not going to be able to say like Jesus, my family are those that are connected with God the Father. Well, your mother and father, are out, your brothers and sisters and father are outside. The village is calling you. He goes, no, my family are those that are doing the will of God. Amen. And so the parasites are the opposite people. They're the villagers. How many ever heard of the, was it the village, uh, what was that, that, that's a village crew or the village team, the village men? Village people, there you go. We're not the village people. We're not YMCA. We're G-O-D. Yes. Where our heart is in heaven. And so there it is that Abraham comes down and he tells, this, this is the same words Elijah tells Elijah. Listen, you followed me enough. You, you went with me to Bethel. You went with me to Jericho. You, you could just relax. 
And so this is what Abraham is telling Lot in verse 8. So Abraham said to Lot, please let there be no arguments and strife between you and me. So some people think that the argument was just amongst the, the workers. No, because at the top of the workers are those that commanded the workers. And so he says, let there be no arguments between you and me, between your men and my men, for we are family. We're connected. Let there not be any. Listen to me. There can be no strife in family because that causes division. And those that are led to strife and to division will not prosper. A house divided will not prosper, will not be blessed. And so he says, so here's the game plan. Here it is. Verse 9. Don't we have the opportunity to walk in land and to get more possessions and to have more workers? Separate. If that's your interest, let's separate. You take the left and I'll take the right. Or if you go to the right, then I'll take a left. I, listen, and this has been my heart for a long time. I refuse to walk with anyone who's not legit, genuine family of God. Not interested in anything else. I've, I've, I've had opportunities to partner with people that want to have large ministries. Not interested in a large ministry. I'm not interested in prosperity outside of family. Because the heart of God is to prosper family. And if you jump on any other wagon, soon you will see that you were deceived. So Abraham tells him, listen, do whatever you want. You go that way, I go that way. You come this way, I'll come this way. I'm not interested in the, don't we have the whole land before you? Don't you have an opportunity to do whatever you want, as far as you want, as fast as you want? If that's your interest, if that's your foundation, go for it. But it totally contradicts the heart of God with this other highlighted expression. We magnify even closer to Ruth chapter 1, verse 16. The response of the heart of God. Do not ask me to leave you. Don't think for a second to be removed from this divine connection don't ask me to turn back or ever from following after you for wherever you go I will go wherever you dwell I will dwell your people will be my people and your God my God I, I'm just wondering what would have happened to Lot if he had the wisdom of Ruth what would have happened to him that he told Abraham, listen, I'm firing all my employees. I'm selling all my possessions. I'm interested in an inheritance that's coming down the line of blessing. I want the city whose maker and architect is God. I'm not interested in things that I could attain and possess. Because the heaven is, it says, heaven is, does not consist. The kingdom does not consist of the many possessions we have. We were, we were with Calvin Duncan last year. He was at the athletic uh, banquet at Westwood. And he sat before all the basketball players and said, Look, I had an opportunity for $3 million to go play with Michael Jordan and be on the Chicago Bulls in 1983. And I said, No family, it's not for me. He chose family over prosperity in this world. 
He chose family over the, and, and today he has a family. He has daughters. He's a prince. He's a pastor. He's a son of God, a faithful son of God. And all those other guys, Dennis Rodman and, and uh, even Jordan himself, no family, total destruction, no blessing. They're just like Lot when he ran out, leaving all that he had chosen in Sodom. And we see here that the words of Ruth are really powerful. Your people will meet my people. Your God will be my God. Verse 17, Ruth chapter 1, verse 17. Where you end your last moment, I will end mine. I will see you through to the last, last step. There I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more if anything but death ever separates you and I. That's family. Amen. And though she says these words, um, Naomi said like this in verse 18. When she saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped trying to convince her. And this is what I say often. A son stays in the house forever. A servant is only for a moment. A son desires his father's inheritance. He wants all the blessings of God to come upon him. And she was determined in her heart to not disconnect. And so that's how it goes. But Lot, on the other hand, when he is approached by Abraham in verse 9, Genesis 13, 9, he says, if you go that way, I'll go this way. If you go up, I'll go down. You decide if you take the valley, I'll take the hills. And so what does this man decide in a, in a definite loss of, of all that he had coming to him in one second? Genesis 13, 10. This, this was his death knell. This was his destruction. He lifted his eyes. That wasn't the time to lift your eyes. That was the time to humble yourself and let Abraham, who had been following for so many years, who had brought him to prosperity and to wealth and to blessing, it was time to ask for godly counsel. It's a time to seek the legacy and footprints of a father who has been faithful. And let me tell you something. Abraham's faithfulness was not about making business decisions, but making God connection relationship. He had always consulted God. He always inquired of God. His prosperity came because of his relationship with the Father. It says that he lifted up his eyes and he saw the plain of Jordan. All the plain of Jordan. That it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Like the garden of the Lord. Like the land of Egypt as you go up to Zoar. This, this expression of what he saw. He, when he looked down, there was a middle river that came down he could have told Abraham like this I'll take the right of the river you take the left of the river because if you're close to the river things flourish it's watered you know what Lot said I'll take all of the plain of the Jordan both sides for me you know what happens to a person like that zero zero destruction high selfishness both sides of the river before we know what happened in that destruction. So verse 11 says that Lot chose for himself. Listen, every time you choose for yourself, get ready to lose. 
Every time you choose to listen to God. He chose for himself, say with me, all the plain of the Jordan. The entire thing for me. You can get the entire thing and disconnect from the Father and you have nothing. Nothing. Or you can be like Abraham and you could uh, uh, search for the high places. Search for the high places. It says, and Lot journeyed east and they separated from each other. Listen to what was going on here. And you understand it in your heart. A disconnect with family begins your downfall. A disconnect from a relationship begins your downfall. A separation. That's what God has said. Without me, you can do nothing. And so there it is, his, his separation at this point. We're, we're, we're understanding the world-changing connection of family. And this is not the way to go. It seemed, it seemed the, the most um, appropriate thing to do. But it was a horrendous thing. As soon as this disconnect occurs, God begins to remind Abraham of the blessings that he has for him. In verse 12, Abraham dwelt in the land. As the other man chose for himself, Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent. Listen to what happened. The more you choose no family, the closer you get to those without family. You begin to run with gypsies. You get to run with prodigal sons. You, you hang out with Mephibosheth in Lodabar, surrounded by backsliders, surrounded by fools, surrounded by people who do not consider the way of the Lord. Proverbs 21.16 says that those who walk away from understanding... Those who do not consult wisdom. Those who do not walk in the fear of the Lord. A man who wanders away from understanding will end up gathered in the assembly of the dead. What's that mean? You're hanging out with people who have no life. So you could tell them, hey, get a life. You have nothing. There's no flowers. There's no fragrance. There's no fruitfulness. You are assembled with fools. You have become separated. I, I've learned something in the last 30 years. Find out what every stupid person's doing and do the opposite. Find out what all the, the foolish men are doing, where they're investing their money, and don't invest. Don't walk near to where a fool walks. If you look around and you see a bunch of clowns, you know you're in the wrong place unless you're a clown. You need to find yourself surrounded with wise men. But a man who wanders, who drifts away from understanding, will find himself residing with the same people. I was talking to a man last week. He's a drug addict, for heroin addict for 15 years. He says, I was in Chicago. I was in New York. I was in Miami as a drug addict, a homeless and I found one thing to be true. It doesn't matter where I ran to, I was always there. What does that mean? He was, he couldn't run from himself. He was his own downfall. We got to be careful with that. Be careful with our attitudes. Stand with the world changer and you will change the world. Stand with someone who's selfish and you'll dry up and remain in desolation. What is desolation? 
No flowers, no fruit, a desert. Described by ruins and dryness. An arid desert. Satan becomes a champion of those who live without family, who have no dwelling place. In Genesis 13, 14, it says that the Lord said to Abraham, this is the difference. Lot said to himself, look and choose. But the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes. See, he wasn't lifting his eyes. Lot lifted his eyes. See where I'm going to do what I'm going to do without consulting God. Abraham was like on the ground, like saying, Lord, have mercy on me. I want to hear from you in this moment. And so he heard from the Lord, lift your head. Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Look in every direction. Verse 15, north, south, east, and west. All the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. How, how Abraham is tied to family. He talks about Abraham. He talks about Abraham's children. He talks about Abraham's grandchildren. I, I have lived the majority of my life for my grandchildren. They're not even here yet. But when they show up, they're going to be in a fruitful land. They're going to be in a vast, watered land. And that is what God desires for each one of us. Satan becomes the champion of those who live without family. In Job chapter 1, verse 7, where the Lord tells Satan, this is an example, where have you come from? What have you been doing lately? That's a great question. Ask your friends, what have they been doing lately? Where do you come from? And Satan answered, I'm just hanging out, man. I'm just going from here to there. I'm not part of a church. I'm not part of a family. I have no brothers. I have no sisters. I don't sit at the table and eat. I don't gather. I don't assemble. I don't worship. I don't have a gathering of unity. From going to and fro on the earth, walking back and forth, this is the definition. You say with me, wandering. wandering. A wanderer. I'm a wanderer. I wander round and round. This is the songs of the 60s. A bunch of gypsies. A bunch of people who can get no satisfaction even though they try. There it was that God is providing for Abraham his blessing. He says, everywhere you see, I will give to you. Satan was walking everywhere without any purpose. I want to challenge you today. To quit being a vagabond. Quit being a wanderer. Quit walking without an inheritance, without a legacy. Genesis 13, 14, when the Lord had told Abraham, you can, everywhere you see is yours for you and your descendants. Verse 16, I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. So that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could be numbered. Arise and walk in the land through its length and width, for I give it to you. Verse 18. Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt by the turnabreth tree of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built an altar to the Lord there. Those three aspects of Mamre, of Hebron, and an altar are all part of this message of family. It says that Mamre is a place of strength, Hebron a place of unity, and an altar connected to the Lord. 
This is what God wants for us if we're going to thrive in these last days. There's not going to be any dryness there. There's not going to be any horrific future. Genesis chapter 4, verse 12. The curse of not having family is that you will till the ground and it shall no longer yield its strength. You're not going to be able to be strong without family in these days. You will be a fugitive. You'll be running away from the place where you belong. You will be a wanderer, the word vagabond, without direction, without purpose, without legacy. You will be disconnected on the earth. The Bible says that, uh, that Lot started growing closer and closer to Sodom. And his connection to what he seemed to be his prosperity became a curse to losing his son-in-laws, to losing his wife, to losing his generations. For his daughters gave birth to children that became Amnon and Moab. Let's stand today. And these are things that God wants us to consider as we have come into the house of the Lord. And he wants you to make a decision because that is exactly what's going to determine your future. Your decision will determine whether you will be part of a world-changing legacy. Will be part of, of a principality. You'll be a prince. You will have an inheritance. You're not going to hang out with the Canaanites, the businessmen, and the parasites, the village people. You're not going to be hanging out with people that decide that their prosperity outside of God is greater than their connection with God. Jesus Christ died that you might be connected to the Father. If you feel this morning you're not connected to the Father and you have not welcomed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you could raise one hand and I want to pray with you. You say, I want to be connected to the Father this morning. I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ. I need to be part of the family of God. I need to begin to be faithful. One of the, the biggest, the biggest ingredient in you being able to receive your harvest, your stewardship, is your capacity to receive instruction and correction. That's what determines what a, a son is. It says if you receive correction, if you receive discipline, then you're a son. And if you don't, you're illegitimate. You're not qualified. You'll never be able to be entrusted with the, with the stewardship. And you see that Lot followed Abraham for a long time. And as soon as he had an opportunity to sidestep into possessions and recognition and wealth and prosperity, he took it and broke off the family relationship. He wasn't able to be aware that it wasn't the dew that comes from the heavens on physical land, but it was the dew of honor in that relationship with Abraham that allowed him to prosper. And as soon as that was severed, it was gone. It dissipated, it dried up, it withered, it faded. And so Abraham left the legacy to this day, for we are sons of Abraham through faith. We walk like he did. We consult the heavens. We don't consult the climate. We don't consult Wall Street. We don't consult the newspaper. Father, we pray this morning that you would make us legitimate sons. Those that are connected to the Father. 
through obedience, through wisdom, through fear of God, through admonition. You said wisdom builds a house and understanding fills its rooms. Allow us for the wisdom that comes from being part of your family. Allow each one of us to have our inheritance in the household of God. According to, to our desire, O oh God, to please you in all things. You be the lifter of our countenance. You will be the one who establishes us a firm foundation, immovable, unshakable. You allow us to flourish. You allow us to prosper in godly character. Give us the heart of Ruth, O oh God. Give us the heart of Abraham. Give us a heart of Christ who is faithful in all the household of God. Let us be rooted and grounded. Let us be established in hearts of faithful service. And true worship, genuine hearts being part of your family. Knitted with each other, O oh God. Knitted in our sinews, our muscles, our tissues. That we need one another, Father God, to achieve your purpose. Even in these last days. Allow your spirit to fall upon us afresh. Allow us to align our hearts to be upright. And to walk in high honor, O oh God. Which you do not despise. A humble and contrite heart. Renew our spirit, O oh God. Renew our thoughts. Renew our words. May we never, O oh God, try to build that without a solid foundation. In that which honors you. Deliver us from the spirit of the sons of disobedience, of gypsy wanderers who have no family, who have no brothers, who have no sisters, who do not worship together. Father, we give you thanks for this word. We praise, we honor you, we glorify you. We pray that you would just fill us with your spirit and that we, Father God, as one family, would rise up in our generation to change the world. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says, Amen. Amen.